Hopefully you guys don't hear the chewing in the background. I just gave both my dogs bones so they would shut the hell up and let us film this podcast. So hopefully it's not noticeable. I hope I also didn't like bring attention to it now that I've said it. So we're just gonna just, we're just gonna roll with it. We're gonna roll with it. But welcome back to another beautiful episode of Probably Late to Something. I hope you're all doing well. Grab yourself a glass of water or a Coke, or if you're feeling spicy, a glass of wine, maybe some cheese and crackers. Get comfy, get settled in. Or you might be driving your car somewhere. You might be starting the day, ending the day. Whatever you choose to do, I'm happy that you choose to do it with me. So I love you guys so much. Thank you so much for staying like up to date and staying in tune with um these episodes. Today I actually got the chair finally for the podcast. I've been kind of keeping you guys updated on my Instagram stories and I've been helping or letting you guys help me pick out a chair. So I finally got one today and I'm so excited to get that set up in the next hopefully two weeks and like a side table and everything. I have like artwork already hung up on the walls and I got this beautiful blanket. I think you guys might have seen on my TikTok. It was absolutely, I told Ben I wasn't getting anything I didn't need. This was definitely something I did need. It's a freaking like red fluffy blanket that looks like me. Like this blanket is literally me. Like it's kind of weird. Like I saw it and I was like, they skinned my people. Like I didn't know what to fucking think, but like this is the same color as my hair. Like I, I don't know. I'm just obsessed. Like I'm obsessed and I love it. So I feel like a freaking queen just like sitting in my bed as of right now because that's where we film the podcast. But anyways, let's jump into this episode. We're going to talk about how it did not start with you, honey. And I hope that I'm not bringing up any sort of pain or traumas or anything like that because we are going to be speaking about our parents because guess what? It fucking started with them. And what I mean by that is these limiting beliefs that I think I spoke on in a previous episode um, and your self-esteem, that all stems from your childhood. The way you walk and carry yourself in your adult life stems from how you were treated as a child. The things that you saw, the things that were told to you, the relationships that you saw, how you were treated, how you felt, all of that severely impacts the way that you carry yourself as an adult. And Simon Ford even talks about that. He theorized, like I said, that our adult personality develops from our early childhood experiences. And that's an insight that was tested by the attachment theory and developmental psychology throughout the 20th century up until today. And trust me, I am a fiend for attachment theories. There's three types of attachment. There's secure, there's anxious, and there's avoidant. And I totally will talk about that in another episode, but that I could ran on that for so long because diving into psychology really helps you kind of like I know that your emotions and things like that aren't just like a map that you can like easily trace like some things you just feel like your feelings are just raw and real but it's very interesting because there is a science to it in a way like where they can kind of be like oh this happened when I was eight that's why this happened when I was 28 you know like it's interesting uh to learn more about yourself and the way that traumas do affect you you know I would love to live a life, I guess, like having two happy parents that were together and communicated and let me speak how I felt and let me, you know, just become my own person. But honestly, that's not how a lot of us were raised. You know, we were raised in divided homes, broken homes, single parents. We were raised with parents that didn't know how to communicate, didn't know how to show love, and they didn't know how to show love because of their parents and their parents' parents, you know? I don't 
talk about things like this in order to place the blame on you know the parents because no parents are humans too like i you watch that movie with jennifer aniston i only saw clips of it on tiktok but she was basically like i gave my body to you and that is true like your parents are not perfect and they could have just been doing their best but um i also read too the other day i was in barnes and noble like studying all this i was like writing out my outlines for my podcast and i was like just into it like i wanted to give you guys all the information that i was kind of learning just about myself and about life and whatever but one of the things i read was that Basically, parenting um, is, like, done generationally, right, if that makes sense. Like, they would have, like, little studies shown and things like that. So, over time, like, back in the day, it was, like, you would get, like, paddled at school. And it was, like, a normal thing for teachers to be able to, like, punish their students and such like that. Then, as time went on, people started saying, hey, like, physical uh, violence or physical ways to assert your dominance doesn't genuinely help the child so then it went to more of like a verbal thing where it was like you'd make the child feel guilty or you'd go to more of a verbal sort of assertive and honestly most of the time abusive um route as well so i think over time we're all evolving especially with the internet it's so easy to see what happens behind closed doors and before that 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 was not a thing you know but regardless of that i just think that the fact that your parents behaviors when you were younger can shape you so deeply like in your adult personality i think it's fascinating honestly you know like more attentive and expressive and open and caring parents created children that were more open and and sociable people that like holiday gatherings and family gatherings and kids that saw love growing up and they know love can go into relationships that are healthy and happy it's just shocking and obviously more inattentive parents and emotionally dramatic parents create children with lower self-esteem and people who feel alienated and and hesitant and hostile you know and and it can make you seek more attention in your adulthood so like if your mom was absent or your father's absent women grow up to find validation in men you know exactly where you shouldn't fucking find it that's where you know i searched when i was younger i was always trying to like prove myself to a boy and i would find the most toxic boys and i would give all of myself to them thinking that for some reason like psychologically like i wanted to see my worth i wanted to prove myself because i didn't have a dad there to tell me that i didn't need anyone else to validate me or give me worth i already had it inside of me that entire time you know and i also think this one was interesting when you watch your parents and i'll I'll give an example my mom growing up stressed about money my entire family constantly stressed about money um even though we had money we just never thought we had enough money or we would just bash each other for if you made a little bit less it was just a very stressful situation so when i think about finances guess what i am automatically anxious even when i have money in my bank account i'm automatically anxious any sort of conversation about money just stresses me out i'm overwhelmed with stress because i watch my mom stress so much that now that is something that I carry into my adulthood even though I'm okay I will always be very anxious when it comes to money and also fun fact apparently kids who grew up with a mom that was stressed all the time are bad at math like what the hell I'm also shit at calculus but like I didn't realize that it has something to do with my mom and again this is not to bash 
my mom or like any of our parents. I think it's just you need to educate yourself. You need to be able to reflect and say, oh, this probably happened and I feel this way about a certain subject because this might have happened. In order to grow and evolve, I feel like you do kind of have to pinpoint certain moments in your life or emotions in your life that could lead up to the point that you're at now and again like I love my mom my mom is my best friend now but that does not say that we didn't go through some fucking shit we did me and my mom like we did not get along at all like my entire childhood we just didn't get along my mom had me when she was 19 and uh she fell in love with my father and they were together for like a year or something and decided to have a baby and then literally when my mom was six months pregnant i think he went to prison and he hasn't been out since so and he actually went away um new year's going into 2000 so every new year's is you know another year where he's just been in prison and i don't think i've ever talked about that on my podcast before um so hi this is me being vulnerable but uh yeah so i haven't met my father um we talk on the phone and like we'll send mail to each other and things like that um he has a lot of other children um that some are literally the same age as me so if you can you know use your context clues um i have a lot of half brothers and sisters and such they all live in south carolina which is where i was born but um I was then moved by, like, my family here when I was, like, two years old. So I didn't really get that, like, connection with my other part of my family, like, my other grandparents and and things like that. I've been kind of just in my own little world with my white family. And I think that's, like, kind of interesting because, like, I struggled a lot with um, my race growing up because my father is black and my mom's white. And I always was told that I was too white to be black and I didn't sound black and all this stuff. So it was, like, just hard for my brain to wrap around. I was very insecure. I was really insecure. I was really ashamed. And I felt like I had done something wrong. I was, like, disappointed in myself for not being more black, which is just so confusing because how, what does it mean? Like, you know what I mean? Like, there's just, there's, what does it mean to be black? And, like, how do I speak black or talk black? You know what I mean? Like, come out and say it if you're going to think it or, or judge someone, um, especially people on TikTok. They always, like, I've seen multiple stitches of me with, like, my braids in because um, I started getting braids for the first time, like, a uh, probably about a year ago and it was so much fun I'd always wanted to do it and um I finally my friend Lexi was like just fucking do it if you want to do it do it so I was like fuck it and I and I did it and I was so happy um with them they looked so nice obviously a very poofy curly hair um so it was really it was really fun but I've had multiple people stitch my videos and being like can you believe this white creator is out here with her braids in? Like, does no one see a problem with this? Like, just completely, you know, being ignorant to the fact that, you know, I'm mixed and black comes in all different shades. And it just, it's it's crazy. But the fact that I didn't have that in my life just kind of made me insecure growing up. And I got to a point where I was like, am I white or am I black? And then I got to a point where I was like, I'm mixed and I'm, I'm Malia. 
You know, I'm not going to be ashamed that I speak more white or whatever the fuck. I'm going to just be who I am and be proud of that. And and, and that's that's it. I'm, I'm going to be Malia. I, I kind of got off topic, but I kind of wanted to give you a little bit of a background about like my mom um, was a single mom and we had a lot of pressure over our heads about money because my grandparents helped us. Because um, again, like for me and my mom, like my mom was a baby having a baby. She was 19 years old. I'm 22 right now. So it's just crazy when I like think about me having like a three-year-old or two and a half-year-old like running around the house right now like I'm like holy crap like she was so young so I I I understand the fact that she was super stressed and as I got older you know and I had questions and I had more of an attitude like we just went head to head I think too at some points um I don't know if some of our parents do it intentionally Um, but I think that at certain points, their kids can become their punching bags. You know, they have a bad day at work or they get stressed about something. So they come home and they yell at their kids. They scream at their kids. They, uh, they release their anger, whether they know it's there or not, they do that. And so many kids are affected by that. Um, one of the worst things I think that my mom did to me was the things that she would say to me. My mom's a Taurus, so I think Tauruses, I just I just feel it in my soul. I dated some Tauruses before too. I think Tauruses are so fucking vicious when it comes to them being angry and being like pissed off. I think Tauruses literally just say whatever they can to break you, you know, as a person. And, you know, I, I love my mom and I'm not gonna keep saying that because I'm, I'm sure you get it. I'm not bashing my mom. But I think that when she would kind of just tell me just terrible things, like, you know, she would tell me that she hated my guts. Like, I just remember she would always say how much she hated me. And she would talk about, you know, me being a slut when I was very young and hadn't even kissed a boy or, you know, talked to a boy ever. I had this kind of weird voice in my head always beating me down ever since then like I wake up very anxious and I am not very nice to myself that's kind of when I started my TikToks I was like fuck this I'm a queen like that was me not just making these videos to help you guys it was me making these videos because I wanted to feel that way and I wanted to think that way and it and I read so much about rearranging your perspective and catching these thoughts when they come at you all of this stems from what you saw and heard and felt in your childhood. So in order to grow from it, you have to go back to it in a way. I know that um, in spirituality and whatever, they, they talk about your shadow work. This is shadow work, going back through the traumas and reliving them in ways to then grow from them. And I just want to say, if this has triggered any of you guys, I'm holding your hands along the way. I'm, I'm sorry if You've had to deal with any pain. And one thing I needed to hear and that I want to tell you if you need to hear it, you didn't deserve it and you've done nothing wrong. You have done nothing wrong, okay? I know that I constantly just carried anxiety with me because I always felt like I'd done something, you know? Like I always did something or I always fucked stuff up and... 
I always just deserved it. It was always just me. It wouldn't have happened if I didn't exist. And I, I, you know, like I should, I should just disappear. Like that's genuinely how I felt a lot of my childhood. And I just want you to know if you feel that way or if you struggle with your past or if you struggle with your relationship with your family or how you fit into this world, if you feel alienated or, or just awkward or different, I want you to know I'm holding your hand and you don't deserve to feel that way. You're, you are not your thoughts. Okay, and a lot of the fucking time, baby, your thoughts can lie to you. You did not deserve any pain that you ever endured, okay? I'm sorry. And I'm here for you, and we're going to grow, and we're going to build together. And this is a safe place for you. So just take some few deep breaths and collect yourself and gather yourself and stand firm in the fact that you're here to grow. And that, that is the best thing that you could fucking do for yourself. So thank you for being here, and thank you for having this open space with me. I love you. But getting back to it, I thought it was really interesting when I was reading that emotionally reserved parents, uh, parents that just like my mom was kind of awkward with this too. Like she didn't have her mom died when she was very young and she was like 11 years old. So she was raised by my grandpa. Right. And my grandpa is a very great man. He's very he's really intelligent. But when it comes to emotions, I don't think he's very expressive in that way. So I realized like a few years ago, kind of like just talking to my mom and hang out with my mom. I'm like, we don't really like hug often and we, we don't really tell each other we love each other. And I was like, huh, like that's interesting for me to know because that makes more sense when I'm in relationships. It's so awkward. Like if I tell someone like, oh, I love you, I feel so weird. I feel like creepy and like I feel awkward and I just like want to like hide and, and not bury myself into a hole. Like it's just so uncomfortable. And I kind of related those and connected the dots there. But I also thought it was interesting that People who have emotionally reserved parents are emotionally reserved in their relationships and such, but they also show emotions in gifts and touch. So my love language is 100% physical touch and gift giving. Like I will constantly like look and hear Ben say like, oh, like I wish I had a new like switchblade or, oh, you know, I like this cup. Like, and I will have to get it and I'll give it to him. I'll be like, yay, look, this is how much I love you. This isn't like fully how much I love you, but I just, I need to give you something, you know, so that you know that I here am here for you. I am noticing you. I am hearing your needs and here, like literally like a dog or like a cat when they bring you a dead squirrel and they look at you and their tails are wagging and they like look so excited and happy and proud of themselves. That's how I am when I like give my, my loved ones gifts and stuff because that's like the way I can express myself. So I thought that was interesting because emotionally reserved parents didn't necessarily walk around and say, oh, I'm so proud of you. I love you so much. You know, you grow up looking for that reassurance and touch and in gifts and acts of service. And I just, I think that's really, really interesting. Speaking of, I think this is just so funny. I had to pause for a little bit because Ben walked in. He has a gift for me and coffee. <laughs> okay. He's bringing me a pumpkin spice latte and he's bringing me presents because we have the same love language. Like we give each other gifts, we show acts of service, like we rub each other's feet or rub each other's back and we'll always think like, oh, are they thirsty? Let's bring water to the room. I think that's just so funny because I was just like in the middle of speaking of it. Thank you, Ben. We absolutely love that. But going back into self-esteem, right? I think a lot of you guys asked me that on TikTok and no, it was not just there. It's something that you really have to reflect on and grow on and you have to create it for yourself in a weird way. Like people that come from families where 
the moms are super close to them and the dads are there like they grow up knowing that they're worth something but when you go through you know verbal abuse physical abuse you don't feel like you're deserving of of anything you know and uh like i said before i um wake up and i feel anxious i wake up i also feel very very guilty of like living of of doing anything like i wake up with this overwhelming fear that i've fucked everything up and that i've done everything wrong and that i'm just not good enough i'm never going to be good enough and i if you relate to that i'm so sorry it's programming we're programmed to think that way it was actually interesting when i started therapy about a year and a half ago um i walked in and i was talking to my therapist about just some things that i've I've been through and some people that i've been dealing with and whatnot and she looked at me and she says you have a low self-esteem and i was shocked i was like what the hell no 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 i don't i because i knew i was confident you know and like i said i wasn't always that way but i kind of grew to just accept myself and have like a fuck it mentality like i'm hot i don't care what you think um but she said no you have a low self-esteem and i and i was able to reflect on that and think like people with low self-esteem deal with things that they shouldn't have to deal with say it's a toxic boy that's ghosting you or cheating on you or treating you like shit you end up still dealing with it because you didn't have you know a, a parent there to say hey you're worth more than that or show you that you're worth more than that you know what i mean or if you're dealing with friends that treat you like shit it's because subconsciously we think we deserve it or that we can't do better or find better and that's absolute bullshit and good good news we're all here learning together and we're going to break that toxic fucking cycle um but I was also talking to her about just my overwhelming guilt to everything that I like do as a person and how much I hate it and I don't want it that way. And um, actually the other day I started reading on it and I found something that says um, that again, it links your parents into your self-esteem and just your childhood. Parents that use guilt to control their kids make kids that feel guilty about everything, which I feel like I am so like it hit the nail on the hammer or the hammer on the nail or whatever that saying is i genuinely feel guilty all the time because i was made to feel guilty about so many things that i was not responsible for when i was growing up and another thing some parents make their kids dwell on the past you know they'll hang a child's mistake over their head instead of doing what parents should do and give their kids a clean slate and say okay we move forward from that let's let's not bring it up you know anymore when things happen to me and when I mess up, I can dwell on it for so, so long. Like, I will always remember it. I will wake up in the morning and be like, well, do you really deserve to smile today? Because remember that thing you did in fourth grade? Like, that's just a pattern that I have that I had to take a deep dive into my past and kind of be like, that's not something that I want to to carry on. And if another thing I like to think, if you cannot break the pattern for yourself, because you're not at the point where you realize how much you truly deserve think about like your loved ones you know like one day like if you're not in a relationship right now think about a husband one day and what i love to think about is my children one day i would never want my child to feel the way that i feel i would never want my child to think things about themselves the way that i can sometimes you know think some nasty negative things about myself that gives me the motivation to become the best person i can because i want to be the best mom one day for my children and right now stepmom for ben's kids i don't want to remain in that pattern and i i know you don't as well 
I want to be able to communicate openly. I want to be able to feel vulnerable without also feeling weak because vulnerability is not weakness. I had many times in my childhood where I would try to communicate and no matter what, it just ended up in me being in trouble. And I'm not talking being a brat and screaming at your parents, but generally being like, mama, I need your help. I need you right now. Can you please listen to me? I'm confused or I'm sad or I'm going through something. And the the reaction and the motions that were thrown at me and the, 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 the guilt tripping and all of it, it just, it made me believe that crying was weakness. I had times too, again, I love my mom, but I had times too where I would be pushed into corners and I would be screamed at like, cry, bitch, cry you know so growing up i never wanted to cry i never wanted to cry because i was like if i cry i'm letting them win i'm letting that person win so instead of crying i would get angry i would get unbelievably like angry i would have rage inside of me and that's carried on to now like i talked about before like i have a problem when i drink too much and i get super super hammered and there's certain like you know situations light out in front of me or certain people that i will react negatively to or if i get blacked out drunk i'm not there anymore to be consciously aware of my actions and it's so interesting to see like some people can get super super drunk and like just like cry or like tell people that they love them and and sometimes i can do that But sometimes the only thing that's left is that rage that I know stems from my childhood and those those feelings that I had. And back to like parenting and how it changes over the generations, like before when it was, you know, socially acceptable to like get paddled in school and get like, you know, spanked all the time and like beat with belts and such. Like I know some families still do that. I personally wouldn't do that, nor would Ben. He doesn't he does not believe in touching the kids. I think also just from things that he experienced in his past. But I read that, you know, when you're doing that, when you're hitting and yelling, you as a parent, you think you're getting something through, I guess, to them. You're you're punishing them so they do better. When what you're really doing is you're diminishing that child's sense of self. You are giving them a low self of steam to think that that is a as a is a normal way to handle a situation and it's just wrong and i know that you know nowadays it's coming out that like you shouldn't you know hands off techniques for parenting like send them in their room or like let them sit down and draw a picture of how they feel you know we're all growing together but you know all of these things they they fuck us up when we're older like my mom told me too like a a, a few years ago she said you were the first child so i fucked you up you know like now we can sit down and we can talk about it all and me and my mom have had very deep heartfelt conversations and i know some children never get that from their parents and i'm sorry you know my mom still isn't a perfect person she still has a very difficult time admitting her fault which is fine because you know we're all human but i truly am sorry if you weren't able to sit down and get that like closure from your parents i know a lot of people just end up having to step away and that really that really sucks And, and again like it's not your job to help raise your parents it's not your job to help your parents see your faults it just sucks if you've been given that spoon or is that the saying that's the spoon that you've been dealt it does suck and sometimes too instead of like being like okay how do we fix this emotion how do we fix the fact that i had to deal with that sometimes you just have to sit in it for not forever but sometimes you just have to be like damn like take a deep breath and be like, damn, that really that really sucked growing up. Like that really affected me and, and and I didn't really like that and I didn't deserve that. But I know I won't ever do that to anyone else. 
you know, because what happens time and time again is you'll see kids that get fucked up by their parents that then have children and then fuck them up. And then those children fuck up their children. And we don't want to do that. We're not here to be stupid and ignorant and just be like, oh, okay, my mom yelled, so I'm going to yell too. Like, we don't want to do that. You know, we want to be better. We want to make the world a better place. And it all starts with you and making that decision in your own head and in your own life. I was also reading about imposter syndrome and I read about it because a few years ago, I feel like in a TikTok conversation, it's so weird how like things can come up later in life. Like a year ago or something, someone wrote in my TikTok uh, live, they were like, can you talk about imposter syndrome? I had absolutely no idea what imposter syndrome was, so I couldn't speak on it and that's exactly what I said. But the other day when I was just like diving into all of this, it popped up and I was like, wow, this is why I feel like there is a path in front of you, even if you don't believe in God or if you don't believe in the universe, whatever. I am a firm believer that you are on your path and you're exactly where you're supposed to be, even when shit fucking sucks. Because I sat there and I was like, what the hell? How did that just pop up? And it just literally defined how I feel about myself and how I handle things. So basically, imposter syndrome is doubting your own abilities and feeling like a fraud. And that's how I feel a lot of the time. I diminish my own accomplishments, you know, like when, and again, I think I've talked about that too. That comes from things that I've heard my family say, like, I was like, hey, like I'm doing really well on um, my TikToks. I would have family members say, oh, talk to me when you have 500,000 followers. So then I was like, okay, I have 500,000, talk to me when you have a million. Okay, I have a million, talk to me when you have 1.5 million. Like it was just, a way of like training me that what I was doing wasn't enough. So when people would be like, oh, you have a following, I'd be like, not really. No, not really. Oh, like that's so cool. You have 1.6 million followers. No, like, you know, it's just whatever. It's not, it's nothing too crazy. Like I would just diminish my own accomplishments because having 1.6 million people and not just people, but like loving, passionate, kind, and like self-driven people to like do their best and like reflect and grow like on that spiritual path of loving themselves and finding deep appreciation for themselves i mean it's an amazing accomplishment i didn't just find random 1.6 million men to follow me and like my butt or something like that like i found beautiful people that related to me and that i've helped you know and and it was actually crazy the other day on my on the podcast Instagram, one of the comments said, um, I just love listening to your podcast. I'm actually battling cancer right now. So I'm a busy girl and you make me smile. That right there, like it brought tears to my eyes and it's going to bring tears to my eyes again. Oh my gosh. Whew. I'm a lot more open with crying now. So that's, you know, an accomplishment there too, stepping stone. But it's insane because I, for so long, just wasn't proud of myself and I didn't admit my achievements and I didn't allow myself to say look bitch you fucking did it and you did something good like allow yourself to be happy I struggle with that and and when I see comments like that and you guys flood my dms with such beautiful messages about how I've helped you and how much you care about me and want me to do good and be happy I mean it's just it's changed my I'm gonna cry it's changed my entire life You guys have changed my entire life and you guys have given me a purpose and you guys have helped me grow and feel accomplished and feel proud of myself and feel happy and I could never send you enough hugs or enough love or tell you how much I appreciate each and every single one of you. 
I will forever be grateful and I promise that I'm going to do my best on this journey and take you the fuck with me, bitch. Uh, but also imposter syndrome can be like setting unrealistic goals for yourself. I think I've talked about this so many times where I'll make a to-do list and I think we all do this. You make a to-do list of about a billion things to do on a Tuesday afternoon at four o'clock <laughs> and you get so disappointed in yourself for not being able to do that. But be realistic. Why are you setting these these tasks for yourself when you know subconsciously that you're not going to be able to accomplish them it's like you're waiting for yourself to fail or you're expecting yourself to genuinely fail and all the self-doubt that's another sign as well along with overachieving and trying to be a perfectionist all of this fear and all of this self-doubt and not being able to see the good that you have done relates to imposter syndrome so like you should genuinely like reflect on yourself and like write some things that you're proud of even if it's not you know having a big following or getting that job and making millions of dollars a year like even if you go outside and you help an old woman across the street or buy yourself flowers or buy your friend flowers or show up for your friends or show up for the people that you love you know if you got a good grade in school if you finally mastered that yoga position all of these things are things that you should be proud of but a lot of the times we just diminish it when i accomplish a goal i'm immediately searching for another goal and that's kind of what i do with shopping too like once i buy a designer bag i'm like okay well now i need another one like i'm not allowing myself the time to process that i've achieved a goal that i've wanted to and that's what we need to be doing we need to love ourselves enough to be proud of our achievements to be proud of ourselves to be proud of the person that we're becoming even the bad even the bad times even the times that we're not proud of we need to understand that it's all for growth and like everyone says it's good for the plot but moral of the story we're here to break the pattern so i was doing some research and i was kind of like what do you do because you can sit there and reflect all day long and figure out where you went wrong but it's a lot harder to change the patterns that you've subconsciously just developed or you know were raised to have so one of the best ones that i saw a lot of people talking about was to recognize the pattern first right so journal and i mean journaling realistically because when i think oh i'm journaling i feel like it has to be like that movie scene where the girl is sitting there with the perfect handwriting and all the different colored pens and highlighters and stickers saying dear diary no grab an old scrappy freaking notebook or binder or busted up journal and be free don't like limit yourself to having to say the perfect thing or whatever and set a number of pages that you want to finish each day you know if that's one full page or three whatever the case may be finish it each time even if you don't know what you're writing or what to write literally write down i don't know what i'm saying i don't know what to write finish those set of pages right um, so now you have your journal. So what are you going to write in it? You're going to write your triggers, right? Say you got a bad grade on a test, right? You're going to write your trigger. Now you kind of know also too where that trigger stems from. You got a bad grade on a test. And now why does that affect you? Probably because your parents set unrealistic standards for yourself. There was high conflict in your house and not enough support. Or they were just trying to make you be a perfectionist and get everything right. So now you have this bad test, right? Now, what is your reaction to that? Do you feel worthless as a person? 
because of the way that your family kind of raised you to be? Do you feel like you're not worth enough? Do you feel that you failed? Do you feel like it's the end of the world? Do you bite your nails? Are you mean to someone in a drive-thru? Write down your reaction to that trigger and then think and ask yourself, is it serving you? Is it serving you? Is that emotion serving you? Is that feeling serving you? A lot of the times we add a lot of stress to ourselves. It's literally, I think it's like a scientific fact. I'll try to find it. People add stress to themselves and most of the suffering in the world is mental. It's not physical. You know, we literally beat ourselves up about everything and we give ourselves anxiety and we give ourselves stress that we don't have to hold, but we do regardless. Most of the time it's either is this something that you can fix in the moment? No? Okay, then let it the fuck go. There's also a quote like that that Ben reads all the time. Um, it's used a lot in uh, sobriety. God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. I think that all kind of just ties in there. Um, so then once you have you know, that trigger, your reaction to the trigger, if it serves you, that's when you can pinpoint that action. Whether it's saying a quote to yourself or whether it's continuing to journal every day or whether it's going for a run, there's ways to use your triggers and use your pain to do better for yourself, right? So for me, like when all this shit was going on about me, I could sit there and say that my life is going to shit, I'm a fraud, I hate myself, I'm not worth anything. But instead, for some reason, I felt so creative. I wanted to put my words out there. I wanted to share my story i wanted to completely accept myself good and bad and carry my head up and go out into the world that's what i wanted to do so even when you have these low points and these confusing moments and your self-esteem is rough and all of this feels overwhelming use that Use that to your advantage and grow and create things and laugh and find just outlets, right? Like if it's yoga, if it's jogging, I love walking and I think walking, I'm going to talk about that in an episode soon, um, morning routines and how it's scientifically proven that the most successful people in the world have a solid routine yes babies believe it or not and that doesn't mean you have to get up at 5 a.m because i see all those youtubers and i think one of them them's name is like Melanie. i think is what her name is Cruz. i love her videos so much on tiktok we're mutuals i appreciate her energy and her like efforts to get up at like 4 a.m i will not be doing that i love you so 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 much will not be doing that could not do that even if i tried my hardest i think i would probably like roll over and die so um we will be talking about it um in another episode but i'm not asking you to be you know switching up and again creating unrealistic goals for yourself that you know will just stress you out in the long run but i think going for walks in the morning has really helped me just like center myself i call them walks of gratitude i'll take both of my dogs and we'll just go for 30 minutes and we'll go around like half the neighborhood and i feel so much better like when i start my day i'm like ah i went on a walk today and i'll just like think about things that i'm grateful for i don't think about work or my podcast or instagram or tiktok or clothes or my future my past i just think about how happy i am in that moment to be with my two puppies and myself and ben is with me most of the time and i just center myself in gratitude and i did want to share this quote that i found about childhood trauma with you guys it says trauma is personal 
It does not disappear if it is not validated. When it is ignored or invalidated, the silent screams continue internally, heard by only the one held captive. When someone else enters the pain and hears the screams, healing can begin. So that doesn't just mean that you have to go to the therapist, which I totally recommend, or like find someone to love that can heal you. You need to hear hear yourself and you need to heal yourself. You know, all of this right now, you sitting here and listening to this podcast episode, I think it helps put you in the right state of mind and the right place to begin your healing. And I'm so freaking proud of you because it's not our jobs to heal the trauma that our parents and our family caused, but the fact that we can get up anyways every day and strive to do that is really, really powerful. So please give yourself the credit that you deserve. But thank you so much for tuning in, guys. I can't tell you how much I appreciate you. Thank you so much for supporting my podcast. I can't wait for it to go on my YouTube. So make sure to go subscribe to my YouTube. It's probably in the links um, or in the bio um, of my TikTok and my Instagram. Um, But if not, I'll be putting it there shortly. It's just Malia Schmoliger. And don't forget to follow the podcast Instagram at probably late to something where you guys can chit chat with me. I've received so many DMs and so many like episode ideas. So I'm listening to all of you guys and I did want to start doing shout outs. So if you guys are interested in that, um, DM me, give me an idea and I will totally shout you out. Or if you want to ask a question or for some advice, um, I'm also trying to open a PO box soon. So you guys can like send me mail or any like um, artwork that you want that I can hang up on my wall uh, for the podcast but uh thank you so much for tuning in i love you so much and i will see you next time